January 1st, all restaurants in Ontario uh, are now subject to a new Ontario law called the Healthy Menu Choices Act, came into effect on the 1st. And if you have restaurants and in over 20 locations of these restaurants, you have to post calorie counts on their menus. Chris and I were talking about this earlier on in the week. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a good idea because it made me think, oh, I might not want that hamburger because look at the calorie count. I'm going to go for the the calorie count that is the smallest as far as my, you know, junk food goes. However, and I did not see this coming, there are people that are now concerned that calorie counts on menus uh, will harm people that have eating disorders. We're joined now by uh, Andrea Lamar, who's a PhD candidate at the University of Guelph, and she actually is so worried about this, she started a petition to repeal the act after hearing concern from uh, eating disorder advocates. Welcome to the show, Andrea. Hi, how are you doing? I'm great. I didn't see this coming at all. I really thought that the, the calorie count would be a good thing. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting. I've been uh, figuring out uh, that I live in a fairly uh, insular community, I think, in terms of eating disorder advocates and eating disorder researchers, because I think a lot of people didn't see the concerns that we've been raising coming. And it's been actually a really great opportunity to start talking about eating disorders in in the public eye a little bit more. How many uh, people are in Canada are at risk of getting eating disorders? So it's a bit hard to determine the exact prevalence of eating disorders, mostly because there is a lot of stigma and shame around eating disorders that make a lot of people not want to go to their doctors and get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. But when you do look at prevalence rates, you can estimate about half a million Canadians suffer from eating disorders at any given time. The interesting thing about eating disorders, it's my understanding that they're, they're not just about food. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they are about so much more. And I think often we talk about them in relationship to food because that's, you know, one manifestation of the type of symptoms. But it definitely is so much more about food. And it can be a really impactful mental illness that can really wreak havoc on your mental health, um, can make you, you know, very anxious, very depressed, often very withdrawn, as well as your physical health, because they can have uh, serious medical consequences, including death. Uh, eating disorders include bulimia and anorexia. I know they're not exactly the same. Uh, who is most at risk? Are we still talking about young girls? So eating disorders don't discriminate. They can impact anybody. They can impact men. They can impact people of color. They can impact older people. They can impact people with various abilities. It's really um, across the board. But the reason that we have this stereotype around young, thin, upper-class girls suffering from eating disorders is because those are the people who have been, you know, more historically documented as having eating disorders. And so that actually makes it even harder for people who don't fit that stereotype to get diagnosed with eating disorders. I would imagine that's right. You know, you see your daughter lose weight and lose weight and lose weight and start to choose different uh, foods than they did before and habits change. You get worried and you hopefully get them help. I would imagine there's a lot of young men that slip through that. Oh, he's just got an overactive metabolism. He's always busy. Yeah, absolutely. I think so. I think it can be really hard for them to speak out too because it's been so feminized historically. Like it's been, oh, you know, that's all that's a girl thing, which I think really makes it hard to speak out about it if that's not you. There's a woman that was uh, quoted here in a piece in the Metro News about this. Uh, her name is Ryan Gerard, and she began to recover from an eating disorder she lived with for 10 years. And she made a conscious choice not to look up the amount of calories in her food because I guess that's something that she did. Uh, you know, it was a little bit of a, um, 
ritual for her and and it helped you know fuel that eating disorder she's saying now she can't get away from it because it's always going to be there definitely and i think often that's what people are doing you know this information i'm not arguing that it shouldn't be available to anybody but i think it's that having it in your face all the time that is something that a lot of people with eating disorders are actively trying to move away from just like the other woman who was quoted in that article and you know, when you're not able to do that, that can be really challenging, especially if you don't have the type of support that would help you work through those challenges. Because again, I don't think that people should, you know, live in a trigger-free world or that that's even possible. But I think that um, if we don't provide support for people to manage that, that that becomes really challenging for people and they're kind of in it alone. And it's it's hard for people who don't suffer from eating disorders or who haven't seen loved ones suffer to really empathize with that and understand how it could possibly be a problem. I understand that you're thinking that a lot of people with eating disorders may fixate on that number that they can't exceed in a particular day. So that's where the problem with calorie counts going to come in. And that you've also said that evidence is that calorie counts on menus, there's no evidence to say that it leads to healthier dining. Can you explain? Sure. So there are a number of things about that. So number one is a lot of the research around the calorie counts on menus. If it shows any change at all, it'll show it for that particular meal. So there's less research that takes into account the way people are eating the rest of the time other than the times when they're eating at restaurants with calorie counts on the menu. So even if somebody chooses a lower calorie option at one meal, it doesn't say much about what they choose during the rest of their day. Um, So that can go a number of ways. Maybe somebody uh, chooses a lower calorie option, and so later in the day they might choose a higher calorie option because they've been quote-unquote good. Or if somebody kind of has something that's larger in calories, they might say, oh, you know, my day is spoiled. I'm just going to go and, you know, continue eating lots of high-calorie foods. It's and then the other, oh, yeah, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> um, the other thing about it is it frames it as if calories are the most important part of health when food is about so much more than that. So food includes, you know, protein and fiber and fats and all of these other aspects that impact how healthy a food is as opposed to just the calories. And this really puts the calories as if they're the most important thing. It's interesting that you brought up the notion of being good because Chris and I were talking about this a a little while ago on the show, that that wearable technology that everybody's getting into and a lot of people got for Christmas, it works the same way. It doesn't necessarily help you out because a lot of times you think, well, I've done, you know, 10,000 steps. Now I can cheat. You know, it Mm kind of gives you the ability to, uh, you know, cheat a little and make unhealthy decisions at the same time as as you're trying to make healthy ones. The Ontario Minister of Health uh, spokesman, uh, David Jensen, he said that the mandatory calorie counts were recommended by an expert panel as part of a solution to childhood obesity. And uh, do you think this was just uh, thought out? It just wasn't thought out enough. I think that there may have been some people missing from the table around the consultations, perhaps um, people who do study eating disorders, because also the thing about children is that it's really hard for children to understand that a food can be both healthy and delicious or, you know, maybe um you know, fully process the implications of this information. So if it's a solution to childhood obesity, I kind of question that logic a little bit. Of course, I wasn't privy to those conversations and I'm not sure who all was at the table, but I can't help but wonder if there could have been a little more consulting with perhaps a wider audience of experts, because I have no doubt that those people are all wonderful, intelligent humans. And, you know, they've really thought this through, but I think there might've been a piece missing there in terms of who was consulted. What do you say to the people who think this will help more than it will hurt? Um, 
I mean, I understand that perspective, and I definitely don't expect everybody to agree with me because, again, as I mentioned, like I live in a world where the people in my life um, professionally and personally are very concerned about people with eating disorders, and so this is kind of my take on it. But I think if this can at least get the conversation going where, you know, people would at least perhaps not, you know, remark on the number of calories in something when they're out with people, recognizing that anybody could have an eating disorder and this could be really upsetting for them. And so not to add fuel to that fire by, you know, saying, oh my God, I can't believe there are X number of calories in a cupcake. Like those little things that people could do to just be a little bit more empathetic, I think would make a huge difference in terms of the way that these calorie counts are going to impact people. You've started this uh, petition to repeal the act after hearing concern from uh, disorder advocates. And have you heard anything uh, from the the powers that be about repealing this act? Or have you even, how many people have signed that petition? So we have, um, I I believe it's at 550 the last time I checked or close to. Um, And I actually think this is one case where the comments are really insightful and really helpful to understand the human impact of the act. I haven't heard anything from the powers that be. And I do recognize that, you know, restaurants have put a ton of money into doing this. And so it's very unlikely that the calorie counts are actually going to be removed. But again, what I'm really hoping is this at least sparks a conversation and perhaps prevents, you know, further um, focus on calories in our society, because I don't think that's a helpful place for us to be going in general. And so I hope if I can at least get the eating disorder voice a little bit more heard in kind of subsequent policy decisions, that would be a success in my view. Andrea, I think you're starting a conversation right here on the radio today. I appreciate you joining us on the show. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Cheers. You too.